0: (laughs) the web it moves every moment sends data through components how do we make Welcome to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at 2. I'm your co host, Yuna.
1: And I'm Chris.
0: And today we're talking about JS interaction. Tools. (laughs) Tools.
1: <laughs> so, I abandoned ship there halfway through. Sorry.
0: Uh, well, we had a few different ideas for the show. Uh, we were th- first going to talk about React animation and transition libraries. And then we started doing some more research for the show and decided to just make it more broad and talk about JavaScript animation and transition libraries, which we shortened down to interaction or libraries. Interaction libraries. You'll see by the time that you listen to the notes what title we decided on for the show. So uh, let's get started before we dive into it. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Datadog. Datadog is a software as a service based monitoring platform that provides dev and ops teams with a unified view of all of their systems, applications, and services. You'll be a part of thousands of organizations who already rely on Datadog to collect, visualize, and alert them of abnormalities. There are over 200 turnkey integrations, including AWS, which I know more than a few of you use, Postgres, Kubernetes, and Slack, all done. Di- out of the box with custom metrics to gain full stack observability with a unified view of all of your systems, apps, and services. They just released a new log management service that integrates with the logging systems that you already use, so you can go and check that out. Other key features include real-time visibility from customizable dashboards. There are algorithmic alerts like anomaly detection, outlier detection, forecasting alerts, end-to-end request tracing to visualize app performance, and real-time collaboration. Datadog is offering listeners a free trial and as an added bonus for signing up and creating a dashboard, they'll send you a free t-shirt for our Tools Day listeners. So check out their new log management system and start a free trial today at datadog.com toolsday. That's datado dot slash T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y. They'll send you a free t-shirt with that code datadog.com toolsday. So why not get started today? Thank you, Data Dog. All right. So let's let's talk about transitions and animations.
1: <laughs> and we did a show a long time ago on CSS transitions and animations. And so we had do we have Sarah Dresser on at that time?
0: I think we had a guest on. It might have been Sarah. Probably was Sarah. We'll double Probably check. We'll have that in the show <laughs> notes. Um And if it wasn't, apologies to whoever our guest was. (laughs) Um, Was it Rachel Neighbors?
1: Yeah, that just sounds right, too.
0: It was Rachel. It was one of the awesome women in tech who's like doing great things in that world, in that realm. Um, So we're grateful for our guest. We'll link that in the show notes. And you can catch up on that if you want to get some basics of CSS, animations and transitions. In this show, we're going to talk more about libraries that allow you to interface with JavaScript when you're creating interactions. So you might need to do that if you're using React or any other library um, where you might want an interaction on creation of, like on mounting of an element or other inter-page transitions that you can't really do easily without a framework. Um, So, yeah, do you want to, I think before we get started, we should also talk about the difference between transitions and animations. Um, Transitions, for example, let you interpolate between two variables and let you interpolate, on the page between like a set uh, bunch of values, but animations, you can sort of add and remove things that are changing at any given point. Um, And with some of these libraries, you have a timeline that you can also use to allow yourself a lot of control um, over what you're moving and interacting, transitioning, animating, animating, animating. That's the word. I
1: tend to think of transitions into terms of transitions are, there are various states in transitions. Like there's an entering and exit. Um, and, and in animation, there can also be an entering and exit, but there may be a variety of other things happening in an animation. Right. But, um, that's my simplistic breakdown in my head at least uh, of the difference between the
0: two. Enter, change colors, move up and down, exit. Whereas transition, yep. you have to have all of those change colors and moving set as the enter and exit. There, has yes. to, there needs to be some kind of value, even if it's zero. Yep. Cool. Yep. So, do you want to talk about some of your favorite animation yeah. libraries?
1: Absolutely. So, I think uh, if it, in the React world, everyone kind of starts off with React Transition Group. Um, and this actually used to be part of the main React library. It used to be one of the mixins they would provide. Um, and they split it off a while back because it's not really React core, but it's it's pretty core. Um, so, it's an
0: add on you now that you have to install in a, addition to React. A, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and I feel like if you're getting started with, with transitions, and you're just trying to figure out how, to, hey, I need to add transitions to my uh, my application. Um, I'm familiar with CSS transitions, and I don't want anything too crazy. This should probably be your first option. Um, it's not as fancy as other libraries, but essentially what it does, it, it gives you those like four states: entering, entered, exiting, exited, more or less, um, and lets you do something with it. And so um, they first, they both uh, sort um, transition group gives you basically three different components, transition, CSS transition and transition group. Um, all of them, you can use a render prop now. Uh, React loves its render props at this point. I feel like almost every library is implementing it. This, um, but yeah, so uh, most of us, I think just use CSS transition, uh, which basically says, Hey, we're going to give you a CSS class for these states and you can do all your animation, all your transitions in your CSS classes. And so, if you need to, let's say, animate something onto a page or change its color, um, if you don't want to do anything too complex, just add a CSS class and then go from there.
0: Yeah. So, I think the big thing that um, React Transition Group gives you is the ability to play with your components as they're entering, exiting. Um, there's also a uh, These functions for component will appear, component did appear, component will enter. So you can prepare it with any kind of logic that you have to um, determine before the component enters the page. Um, So that's really great. I think that I personally would start with CSS transitions, kind of like what Chris was saying, if you can. If you have a hover animation or um, any kind of just static interaction, static animation on the page, start with CSS. And then you start using something like React transition group if you need to have something that animates on appearance and on exiting the page. That's kind of yep. like the the core of what this gives you over CSS.
1: Yep. Agreed. Because
0: um, it does, it interacts with the DOM. So things are kind of, a lot of things that I want to talk about today are just transition libraries and animation libraries for JavaScript in general. But um, if you have that inter-component, inter-page transition, you need to have something that's specific to the framework that you're building with. Um, so that kind of yep. like leads me into my next and r- transition library. I gotta mix up these two words so much in this eh. my next <laughs> transition library I want to talk about, and that's overdrive. I don't know if this is this me being late to the game or this being outdated, but React Overdrive is super, super, super cool. Um, it's basically using the transition group. Theories and making it really easy to implement them. So, with transition group, you need to have a value. Kind of the same thing with Overdrive. You have an ID where you can apply this ID to any number of given elements on a page and another page, and it'll transition into that. So, if you have a header that on the home page is really big and then you want to shrink it and make it small on like a post page, you can just give that an ID of header and create those two pages as you normally would, and it'll figure out how to interpolate those changes. So as you click oh into, yeah, it's really cool. Um, what? It's magic. How I
1: never heard of <laughs> it's this. It's magical. This is a little mind blowing.
0: Yeah, um, so it's so easy. All you do is apply styles as you would, give it an ID, give it an overdrive wrapper, and it just automatically knows how to transition those elements. It's pretty cool. Like right now this I was, is- yeah. <laughs>
1: It's funny because one of the things we always talk about that that's really hard to do is page transitions because you always want to have that nice material. You know, Material has this example where they you click a card, it expands up into a full page, and it looks super cool. And then when you're trying to develop it, you're like, uh, none of these elements related actually encode. Um, yes, but apparently in Overdrive. The, the
0: coolest thing about this is that they aren't—they don't have to be related. Like it doesn't have to be on the same page. You don't have to code it like Ajax-style. Everything loads in the same area because React gives you a virtual DOM anyway, so it knows that they're related by using something like Overdrive that correlates them, and then it just makes your app look so nice. It's nuts. Um, so I'm—I'm I'm a big fan of this. I don't know if there are other things out there that are newer or like better. <laughs> Because this uh, is not an old repo, but the last update was several months ago. It just, it works.
1: I guess if it works already, there's no reason to change it. per se. There's animation Um, delay.
0: You have this on animation end event, Um, but it's just really simple. You take any component and transition it on another page and you don't have to change the way that you develop those two separate, like disparate pages. So I was using it for my book app. It's, it makes it look so much nicer than it would otherwise.
1: Wow. That is, that's, that's super cool. Um, Okay. So um, my next library um, is I think one that a lot of people have started using recently. It's called react motion Um, and it's another react library. Um, But its concept is that people shouldn't be hard coding using curves and durations um, those are, you know, things that should be dynamically generated based on the, the length of the movement, the weight of the movement. Um, and so it brought on the concept of dampness and stiffness. And so um, when you want to animate something, you give it a dampness and stiffness and the library will then create the appropriate curve and duration for that kind of animation.
0: That's so oh. interesting.
1: It's it's really interesting. It also makes some of the nicest and smoothest animations I've ever seen. It's one of those things when you see a React motion animation, you're like, "Oh, that's, that's that feels really nice." Um, because sometimes in CSS, you you play around with your duration and and easing cur- curves to make it look natural, right? And so you, we a lot, of, a lot of us have some of these easing curves kind of copy pasted across different projects. Uh, but it, usually they're not specific to the object we're working with. Um, and, you know, that's React Motion's idea is that we should change stiffness and dampness for the object we're working with and then create the appropriate Bezier curve. That's um, I
0: like how they rethought the idea of how to talk about animation. Because a lot of times yeah. people who are really um, knowledgeable about certain topics, like the people who would be able to build something like this, already understand that field, so they don't feel the need to make it more accessible to people outside of like p- that world of, I understand yeah. what Bézier curves look like and what that means and how yeah. to translate that in my head. So these people, they thought about, okay, how can we make this more accessible, like not thinking about it in terms of curves and percentages and numbers, right. how do we make it so that people understand bounce and stiffness? And I, I really like that. Props yeah. to y'all.
1: I will say that React Motion is hard to use, though. Um, it's, uh, well, it's hard to, hard, it's hard to learn. Um, there are a lot of required things you have to put with it, more than just stamps and sniffness. Um, the way they apply styles is a bit manual. And so they, they, they basically give you a style object, and it's up to you to figure out what to do with that style object and where to place it. Um, mm-hmm. Which isn't like my lonely hard, but it's but many of the it's a learning curve. Uh, it's a le- it's a definite learning curve, and a lot of many of the libraries today will kind of do that for you. Like you kind of wrap it in something, and the library's like, "Hey, I see you've done this for me, so I'm just gonna do all the work for you." Um, React Motion requires a little bit of massaging and to actually get to the appropriate state, but people have started creating wrappers around React Motion to do things for you because. They like how React Motion looks and feels, uh, but maybe not how uh, you have to use it. Um, So like I use one called React Collapse, and um, it's React Motion, but specifically for collapsing variable height components. And this is something that's sometimes a little bit difficult for libraries. Like accordions? Like accordions. Wait, um, I'm confused as to why that's hard. Because sometimes, um, let's say the component is not mounted yet. So you have no idea what the height is going to be. So, um, which is my use case where I'm, I'm doing an Ajax load of some data. I'm bringing it in. I want to, I want to inject the content and expand it um, smoothly. So normally you would have to inject the content, um, wait for it to load, basically hide it and then calculate the height and then open it up. But you have to calculate the height of what new content should be. In this case, I'm just saying, open up the open open up the box with the content, and React Collapse figures out the appropriate dampness and stiffness for it, applies it to Re- React Motion, and then gives me this really nice open and close thing, like an accordion, but with um, the na- dynamic data. So, got it. Yeah, there, and there are a ton of people who've done things like this, where it's like, oh, hey, I want to do something nifty with React Motion, and uh, here's a library for it. So, but still, I, I would definitely recommend people check out. Re- React Motion. It's got a great um, concept behind it, and it's super powerful.
0: Cool. We'll add that in the show notes, too. Um, so the next one I want to bring up is actually something that um, Chris brought to my attention that I didn't know about before. It's called Pop Motion, and Pop Motion actually has a couple of different libraries. There's one called Pose that's for React and React Native. Um, but Pop Motion is I think the first one they built. Like the, It's the most in-depth one that they have, and yeah. it just—it's for JavaScript. You can enter, you can use it for React, or you can use it for any website that uses JavaScript. Um, and it's really nice. So, if you start looking at examples, they show like tweens and just interacting between things. Like that's not that crazy unique to me, but the way that they have physics integrated in a really easy use way is super cool. Like there's just like a spring example. Um, there's this physics example with a ball that you can change mid-animation. It's kind of fun because you can just like keep clicking on it and see how many you can get. It counts up how many you click on. Um, but getting physics to work inside of an application usually requires a library. And this is a really great one in terms of user usability. It's just you set the physics, you set the acceleration, you can change it while it's already in motion. That's a lot of complex code right there being like put into this small thing and you can also uh configure this library it says it's 11.5 kilobytes max which means that you can pull out different parts of it and so i really like it there's also an example with the carousel type thing where you scroll side to side and those are really hard to do i yeah It's surprising how hard carousels are to build because it's different on mobile. It's different on desktop. Getting the physics right is hard. They're different physics on desktop and mobile. Um, You have to also have like buttons. It's just carousels are much harder than (laughs) than (laughs) you think before you start building one. Um, They're just complicated to get them right. Um, And then you can also have things that pull from other components. So you could have staggered interactions. Um, It's really nice. PopMotion's
1: yeah. nice. Yep. Uh, and its it's counterpart, Pose, is also really nice. And so um, I've been playing around with Pose recently um, in my drive to find more React motion libraries. Um, and one of Pose's cool things is that they really bought into uh, Paul Lewis's, um, or Arrow Twist, as flip methodology. And I think about two or three years ago, Paul Lewis went on to Chrome Dev Summit and gave us talk about flip um which is his way of making really nice animation really complex animations fast and flip stands for first last invert and play which is first first is the initial state of the animation last the final state um invert which means you figure out the first and last states and then you f- invert them but then you also apply a transform and so you, you make it appear that it's in the first state but it in the in the code that's in the last state, and then you play it play it out, which reverses it basically. And it's this it's this methodology that's that's a way to make basically basically make uh an expensive layouts like width and top um, actually quick because um, normally you, you don't want to use width you don't you don't want to use things like width which re- which requires a recalculation um, in the paint uh, layer, but with flip you do it once basically, and you don't have to do it again, and that inherently solves the problem of how slow width or height can be when you're animating those things. Um, and so Poe has kind of bought into this and said, hey, you know, we agree with this. Um, let's create a library in React to make it really easy for you to do that entire process. Because in normal JavaScript, it takes it takes a little bit of work to get you to that point. And so Flip gives you a bunch of components. And you can say, hey, I want to have a Flip group. And then um, I just want to animate between these things. And so you just kind of drop in your... Your components is normal. Do a little bit of passing props down, and it just kind of works. So um, if you're trying to do bigger movement across your page, super easy to do, really performant. The one kicker is that uh, Pose is a little bit on the bigger side in terms of library size. I think it's like 40 kilobytes. And so... whoa, um, um, It's a bit of a kicker. Um, I don't know what the gzip size is, though. So I may have uh overstated that but if you can take the size um I, sure, I do think you. Can... i'm
0: sure that's the gzip size because why would they put the ungzip size up
1: um, did
0: they put it up somewhere
1: i think I, I don't remember where i read it i thought i i thought i downloaded it and found it found out that size
0: hmm. oh then okay then it may yeah, be a lot smaller
1: yeah because they don't they don't broadcast so like i feel like when libraries broadcast their size they're proud of it like ah 11 and a half kilobytes for a great animation library Happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh fifty kilobytes for a great ancient library. Not as happy. Uh, um so yeah, so it's one of those things where you'll you'll have you you'd have to judge whether it's worth it for you or not. Yeah, sometimes
0: even four kilobytes is too big. I tried to introduce a four kilobyte dependency on our bustle code base and I was yeah. told that this is bigger than our entire UI library, so you're not
1: allowed. <laughs> ah. Ah.
0: I didn't realize.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that's one of those things where you just have to make a judgment call. It's a great library, but heavy. Yeah.
0: Um, before we wrap the show up, I do want to mention another library that I haven't used, but it looks really, really cool. It's called AnimeJS, and it's actually a super, super popular library for JavaScript animations. Not only that, but they have by far the best documentation I have ever seen. It's so nice. On the left-hand side, they have exactly just one demo. On the right-hand side, they have a JavaScript and HTML file that shows you exactly what's going on. And it's very straightforward. It's really great. Um, it gives you all of those like basics that we talked about, like transitioning delays. Um, it has elasticity, so it has some of that um, physics-ish capabilities. Um, you can just change directions. The examples get more and more complex. It shows you progress bars. You can animate on progress. There's a lot of really nice things in here, like motion paths with SVG. There's morphing, um, different easings for different elements. You can apply different easings to like every single item inside an SVG. So AnimeJS, it's a very robust JavaScript engine with keyframing and timelines and easing functions, etc., so check that out if you're making like a web experiment or something that requires a lot of interactive parts to it. I have no idea how big this is. I want to, I'm sure it's massive, which is why I'm not saying like, I recommend this for your, your uh, day-to-day websites that you're building. But I do think <laughs> it's a really cool library to play with for everything else.
1: Uh, and the website is it is fantastic. It's so um, good.
0: I've never seen such a good documentation website. And people ask yeah. me all the time for recommendations on that subject. I'm just like, damn, this
1: is so good. It's really good. Uh, yeah. I also have one more shout out for one I have oh, awesome. not used yet, but I have not. But I've always recommended to me, uh, which is React Spring. They don't have nearly as cool a website, but they tried to explain, and in fact they have a big header saying, why do we need another React library, animation <laughs> library? Um, and so, they said basically there are two main libraries in their, in their mind. There is the animated, which we didn't talk about, but it's a React Native library, and then React Motion. And React Motion gives people a declarative way of doing spring physics along with uh, primitive components to, to use it with. And animated gives people High performance and great interpolation between your own variables and uh, animated motion library, and React Spring is supposed to combine both things to have great high performance declarative physics based motions. Uh, I haven't used it yet, but I thought I would shout out uh, Jason Langsdorf, who we had on last time, was a big fan of it. So, oh yeah, um, he
0: did share that. That's there cool. You go. Um, Okay, cool. Check out React Spring. We have a ton of tools and libraries that we brought up during the show. So we're having all of those in the show notes. I've written them all down as we spoke. So you'll have the whole list available to you if you want to start playing with this stuff. Um, As we're wrapping up, I do want to say thank you to our sponsors, Datadog. DataDog is a software as service based monitoring platform, and again, they're offering that free T-shirt with your free trial at datadog.com/toolsday for our listeners. So check that out if you need to monitor your applications. I do want to thank you all for listening and for your continued support of this podcast. If you like the show, if you've learned something from it, please share with your friends. Please comment rate the show in whatever podcast tool you use that's how people hear about the show and we grow this audience base we get to share with more people um and i do also want to shout out to our other sponsor eternal patron webflow thank you for making the show possible um any more shout outs from you chris
1: um that's it for me all right we'll
0: see you next time thanks y'all